two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he calls it too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. He got by with a walk, and Jimmy calls a technical. He, he calls a timeout. He doesn't realize that's Michigan's too many, and so it'll be a technical foul. North Carolina shooting and the ball. A huge. All right, we're here on no timeouts with the uh, Raiders insider, the King of Las Vegas himself, Tashawn Reed. How's it? How's it going, buddy? It's depressing out here, man. They they won three <laughs> fans. Saying they should have kept the old coaching staff, wondering what's going on, trade their cars. It's all it's all falling apart three weeks in, man. People, people upset. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, you're the only team that's 0-3. Even the Texans got a tie. So that makes the, the Raiders the only 0-3 team and the worst team in the league. Like, how's the locker room feeling? I, I saw Devontae Adams had some comments about lack of catches and losses and, and things of that nature. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just like a general frustration, which I think is pretty pretty typical, like after any loss, but especially like for a team that, you know, with the moves they made this offseason, uh, trading for Devontae, going to sign in Chandler Jones, bringing in a new coach and GM, like they, they were going all in, you know, trying to improve on making the playoffs last year and, and try to contend, you know, and, and advance in the playoffs. And I mean, as they stand now, you know, it's only been six teams that have started 0-3 and made the playoffs. So, you know, the odds of them even making it back to the postseason are low right now. And so, um, you know, I mean, just generally, I think Devontae, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's tripping so much off his stats, but it's just like it's kind of he the way he put it is like if he has two catches and they win, he ain't tripping. But if he got three catches and they lose, then he's hot, you know what I mean? Which which makes sense. Um you know, and right. at this at this point in his career, like he he has the numbers, like he's he's trying to win, you know, and so that's that's really the only thing left for him career wise. Um, but just generally, yeah, which, which makes guys. no sense to me. That that just makes no sense. So, well, I guess it. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I just don't understand how going to the Raiders from the Packers is a like a win first kind of decision. It wasn't. It, it was part of it. He just thought like, because I mean, the Packers weren't winning any either. You know, I mean, I mean, like. They every like, time they were, they, still, do, they were still in the playoffs. At least they were in the playoffs. Yeah, but they do the same games. thing every time they get there. They lose the first game or, or the second game at best. Like it, it was pretty clear that that group they have in, in Green Bay was not winning no Super Bowl or nothing. So I guess for him it was like, where can I go and be happier, like personally, and also feel like he has a chance to win. Which like on paper I got I, I get the vision. You're like you know I'm Devonte Adams, Darren Waller is really good, Hunter Renfro is really good, Derek Carr is pretty good. Like, why can't like, they just made the playoffs? Like, if I go there, I'm Devontae Adams. Like, why can't they, you know, push forward and be as good as the Packers were? That's just, you know, in his mind. But it's also, like, he lives in Las Vegas instead of the Green Bay now, closer to the family. You know, he's going to get the now we're getting to the real yeah. reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're getting to the real reasons like, now. It's like, can I be happier personally and still have a decent chance to win? It's like, okay, then I'm going to go there. But, you know, I mean, it's, it is still three weeks into the season. Like, crazier things have happened. Um, like the AFC West in general seems to like it's not going to be what we thought it was. Like the Chargers is more so because like their whole team is injured now at this point. And like, the yeah, Bron- the Chargers looking like the biggest disappointment. I mean, I granted they have one win, the Raiders have zero, but they also, in my opinion, have higher expectations. And they look, you could argue, just as bad, if not worse than the Ra- I mean, 38 to 10 to the Jaguars at home is not ideal. Yeah, but I kind of cut them some slack when it's like Justin Herbert is injured. Rashawn Slater, the starting left tackle. J.C. Jackson, the cornerback they went and got. Joey Bosa is injured. Keenan Allen's injured. 
it's like damn near all of the blue chip players that outside of Khalil Mack, he's the only one who's healthy right yeah, now. Yeah, I guess really. Derwin James, yeah. Yeah, Derwin James, you know, kind of hit or miss. So like basically everybody's injured over there. So like at least they have an excuse. You know, the Raiders have some injuries for sure. Like I believe right now they they haven't had, I think, three starters on defense and uh their center was out and Hunter Renfro missed the last game, but they've been playing, I would say, weaker teams. Like the Cardinals look like they suck, basically, and they let them come back. Um, from a three three score lead, and then the Titans they just got like like demolished by the Bills, like embarrassed by like they quit in the third quarter against the Bills, and in the first half they was whooping the Raiders' ass basically before they came back in the second half. And so it's not so much that they're zero and three. It'd be different if they play, let's say, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Bills, and they were zero and three. You know what I'm saying? But like they lost to two teams they probably should have beat. I mean, the Chargers game was you know I don't think they should have lost that one, but they probably should be two and one right now, at least one and two. And so. Um, I think it's a weird spot because since they made the regime change, like there really is no pressure because they're not making any kind of no matter how bad it gets this season, unless like there's some kind of off the field scandal, knock on wood after what I dealt with last year. But like, you know, they're going to be in place. So, like if this season ends up falling off the rails and not going the way you're going to go, the people that are going to end up paying for it is going to be the roster. There's going to be some significant roster changes, I think, if this continues. Yeah, that's very fair. I mean, my thing is, at least with the talking about the coaching, is I don't I never understood how Josh McDaniels was ever considered a good coach or a good coaching candidate. Like I did I didn't get it. we saw him be a coach once and he was awful at it. And you know, I guess he did good with Mac Jones. People like that, I suppose. But that just mean that just to me just goes to show that he's a very good offensive coordinator. I don't understand how de- developing a rookie quarterback to be, you know, a little better than we expected gives you the chops to now run the whole team. Yeah, I think the, you know, I mean, that's just kind of the trend with head coaches right now. It kind of changes, you know, every five years or so, but it's, you know, two of the best play callers in the league, they're typically going to be the head coaching candidates, you know, and um, it has been, you know, like over a decade since the Broncos stint. And so like there have been coaches that get a second chance and they pan out better. And I think the biggest difference this time around was when he was, when he got that Broncos job, like they gave him like basically John Gruden control. Like he made the draft picks, he made the free agency signings. He's like controlling transactions as well as being the head coach. Whereas now the GM has the personnel power. So he's just coaching basically. Um, well, well, he ain't so, doing that. He ain't even doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, his, there's, his, there's a lot of situational stuff I see with the Raiders. I'm looking at, I'm not seeing no upgrade that coach, whether it be, you know, short yardage situations or just starting off slow, like stuff like that to me is, is a direct correlation with the coaching. Yeah. It's been weird. Like, I don't like the offensive line has I knew since the spring, that was an issue because it was an issue last year and they didn't really make any significant additions. They drafted a couple of rookies who, you know, granted they are starting for them now. So that those looks to be good picks. Um, but it's still not a great unit, you know, at best it's like average and it can have some pretty low lows. And, and so they're, they're going to have to work, work around that this season, just based off of the decisions they made this off season. But even within that, like they've been pretty decent at run blocking. I think they're like 12 in yards per carry, but they're dead last in Russian, Russian attempts per game. And like, right. Is Josh McDaniels calling plays? Yeah. 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 He's, he's the uh, play caller. Well, that, that, well, that, that, explain, that explained a little. Uh, not really, because like when he, the Patriots, he was always like last year they were one of the best rushing teams in the league, and they ran the ball a ton. And like in the past, they all, even with even with Tom Brady, they ran the ball a lot. And so like I don't really know why they aren't trying to run the ball. Like even early, like because they they've had double digit deficits against the Titans and the, and the Chargers. So obviously, then you have to throw the ball more. But even like in the first quarter and the first half, like they're amongst like the least rushing teams 
in the entire league. And it's, it's kind of strange. And like, I think that just, when you have an offensive line that struggles to pass protect and you're throwing the ball so much and the defense knows you're throwing the ball, it's like, all right, we're about to take Derek Carr's head off. Cause we like, you know, it just kind of makes it even tougher on the offensive line. And it's easier, you know, cause they can play certain coverages and just double Devante and sit on top of everything. And so, and I, it looks like Derek, I, I think, you know, he'll, he won't say it, but I think he's still a little uncomfortable in the offense. Cause like, He's never been an inaccurate guy and he's like bottom 10 in the league right now in completion percentage. And he's just like missing throws that are just like, like he just doesn't miss that throw. It's like certain situations, like Darren Waller had a, which should have been probably should have been a touchdown last game. And he just overshot him and he was, nobody was near him within like five yards. And like it's happened a few times. And so it just, it just seems like the chemistry is off offensively. Like they're not clicking and Joshua Daniels is, it seems like he's still trying to work out, you know, trusting Derek Carr to, to kind of run the show. And so, I mean, they don't really have time to figure it out. Like, if they lose this week, it's pretty much over. Like, they're already in a hole. Um, so, it's a, it's a tough spot for the offense. Like, as much talent as they have, it's just not clicking right now for a, a m- multiple reasons, obviously. Yeah, I'm going to say, are, are, are we about to – like, where are we ranking Derek Carr among quarterbacks right now? Because I think that's that's one of the biggest things that I feel like – kind of makes or breaks the, I mean, I guess the team, but just in general, the the expectations. I feel like a lot of people are ranking Derek Carr, you know, kind of like fringe, like top 10, top 12, like in that range. But I don't know, like what's the difference between Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins? I think Derek's like top 12, right? That's what I would have. And when I say top 12, I mean like 11 or 12. Like I don't mean like in the top 10. So, I mean, that's he's, he's a good quarterback. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I think – the thing with him is like, I would say at least for Derek Carr, like I've seen, even though he hasn't, you know, won one in the playoffs, like I can't say he's not clutch because he, I think he leads like the NFL in like fourth quarter game winning drives or come, or yeah, game winning drives like since like he got in the lead. And so like when, when, and especially last year, like they had like five uh, walk off wins and, he, and he, every time they were in one of those situations, he came up big. And so I think that's different between him and Kirk Cousins. Like I, I see Kirk Cousins, like he just folds so often in like those high leverage situations, like even just like a regular Monday night football game. Like if it gets tight, he just like gets lemon booty and throws it away to the other team. So like, <laughs> I think Carr is like, you you can win with Derek Carr. And so I don't, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't say he's the issue in this, this situation. Like I, I think it's been more about the play calling and then the offensive line. And it's just like, I mean, offensive line is going to be what it is. Like, it's like there's ways that Carr can kind of work around it. Like, he, he can – he's not a mobile – I wouldn't say he's – I guess he's mobile, but he's not like a running quarterback. But he can use his legs to extend plays or, you know, run for a first down real quick or just be more he's, – he has he's a bad problem with, like, fumbling in the pocket and not having great pocket awareness sometimes. So there's, there's some things he can do to kind of work around that and do a better job of managing it because, like, quarterbacks do play more of a role in sacks than, like, people give him credit for. Or, or don't give him credit for, I guess you should say. But yeah, I don't, I don't view him as the issue really at all in this situation. Like it's, I mean, I, I guess obviously it would help if you had, you know, Aaron Rodgers or something instead of Derek Carmen, it would look better right now. But I think whoever it was, like this offense wouldn't be playing great at this point. All right. Last, last Raiders question I got before we move on. I, you know, Raiders are minus two. You know, I gotta, I gotta ask. Uh, should I be putting, should I, should I be putting my money on the Raiders this weekend? Like, this, this, it seems to me that, you know, this is an all-or-nothing type of game for the Raiders. But the Broncos have a good defense. You know, at some point, you would imagine that Russell Wilson is going to play a little better, score more than 11 points in a game, you know, against the Raiders' defense. That's not great. It's a very 50-50 game, so I need, I need some advice here. Like, what are we feeling about the Raiders? 
this Sunday? Yeah, it's tricky because, like, I picked them to lose week one, so I was right then. But, like, I thought they were going to win the last two weeks, and I picked them to win, and they lost. Like, I don't know. But I, I think you said minus two. Like, I, I think I think I'm going to pick Minus two. I think minus I'm going to end up picking them to, to win it by a field goal. So I, I think I think I would I would take that because like I just rewatching some of the Broncos games like their defense I I do think like I do think their defense is like really good like one of the better defenses in the league and like with the Raiders having offensive issues like that doesn't bode well for them obviously but I do think the Broncos offense is ass for sure like I don't think Russell Wilson is ass but the Broncos offense just looks terrible like their yeah, offensive line their offensive line fourteen points yeah they can't block like they can't run block or pass block. And like their head coach, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Like in terms, not so much like play calling, but like I mean that too. But also just like situational decisions. Like like when he goes for it, when he doesn't go for it, clock management. Like he's just doing weird shit. And so like I just don't trust the Broncos' offensive attack enough. And like the Raiders' defense, like they haven't been great. But I do think they're going to get a few starters back this week um, that have been out with injury, um, or they, or they could potentially get them back. And they've been they've been like a resilient bunch like they gave up a bunch of points in the first half last week but then in the second half they forced like four stops in a row which gave the offense a chance to almost tie the game at the end and so um you know and I, I think especially with with the Broncos offensive line not being good like I think Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones are able to finally break through and, and get a few sacks this week and so I think the Raiders are gonna and, and just off the strength of like if you go to if you go to 0-4 and they they play the Chiefs next week. So if you go to 0-4, you're going to 0-5. And you know at that point, like 0-5, <laughs> like like it it is just it's, it's over. Like it's 100 percent over. There's no like they're not gonna say that, but it's over. So like I think just off the strength of that, they 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 bounce back this week and, and, and get a W and like have some respect. I, I feel that. I I know you you obviously you're covering the team and everything. Is there like how often are you watching like not like a team that's not involved with the Raiders like not their opponent or anything like you just watch a random game uh I don't really unless it's like a primetime game so like Thursday Thursday night Monday night or Sunday night because like even if they have a like a 1 p.m kickoff let's say um or 1 p.m for me on, on Pacific time it's like game start at 10 a.m out here so like I'm heading to the stadium then, like getting set up. So even though the game is on, like I'm kind of like halfway, I'm just more so checking scores, like see who's winning, losing. So I don't really get a chance to watch it. And obviously while they're playing, I don't see anything else. So it's really just like the prime time window games. But like what I do, you know, like after I get done with, with the game coverage and rewatching that game is like, I'll go back and watch, um, you know, their next opponent, whatever their most recent game was. So like the Broncos, I watched that bum ass 49ers game that they just played. Uh, yesterday for the second time um, just to like get a general idea because like, I, I, I know mo- a good amount about most teams but just to see like if you don't know who's injured in particular they might forget like oh I didn't know that guy was out or who is that guy that's playing really well or you know what kind of concepts are they r- running especially if they have a new coach so like I do a decent amount of looking at, at other teams but I can only watch so much like given what I have to do on, on Sundays unless the Raiders just play on a different day of the week um, for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I feel that. So then speaking of that, like how is, I guess, the uh, locker room access in general been? I guess probably not as great as it could have been with the, you know, being with the, in a windless, windless locker room. But but how how is that the experience? Like what's that like? Yeah, it's definitely like a, a game changer in terms of like how I do my job. 
just because like it's not so much like I, I pretty much write the same number of stories a week and write the same types of stories, but there's just a different level of depth you can get to where by having access, you know, theoretically every day to all 53 people on the team. Not not everybody wants to talk every day, obviously, but you know, it's just some something simple as like I might have a question or two for a guy about a specific issue that the team is having, like let's say their red zone offense. And I can just go ask Darren Waller that real quick. You don't have to sit through a 10 to 15 minute presser. There's still a whole bunch of other questions that don't have to do with what I'm looking for. And then I can go ask Hunter Renfro the same question. I can ask the offensive lineman the same question, just pop around the room. And like, you just, you can just gather way more material and get things also that are exclusive to you that other journalists aren't getting. Like, obviously they can walk up to the person, ask them the same question in theory, but um, you know, there's just more, there's more depth to it. And it's more it, guys tend to open up more and give better quotes because they're not like at a podium standing in front of a bunch of cameras and lights and being live streams and have 30 people sitting in front of them asking them questions like it just, it just makes it way better overall. And like, you know, like post game, if people lose, of course, they're, they're more honorary and stuff like that. But typically guys are are like still willing to talk and like during the week really whether they won or lost the week before guys are pretty normal like it kind of wears off by then like if a guy in particular is playing shitty like he might not you know really feel like talking to media or if he's just a guy that we have ripped in the past or whatever like they, they might be kind of abrasive with you but generally like it's, it's not that bad like you just have to learn how, know how to like interact with people and not be awkward and not be a weirdo and, and generally it'd be cool and then even like just outside of like the the story shit or like get quotes it's just like a better opportunity to like get to know them and like just shoot the shit and joke around and talk about life shit or like there's some they have a couple guys that play for the titan play for the titans in the past so i asked them like where should i eat in nashville just like little shit like that they're like just didn't have access to in the past with like this covet world um of like zooms and podium pressers like it just makes it it makes it more fun honestly regardless of like whether the team is like really good or really bad or whatever mm, yeah that makes sense all right enough of football enough Raiders because you know I really need to talk to you about is NBA you know the NBA season starting up in about two weeks now like preseason starts like in a few days actually I think um next week uh and so as as I'm sure people know maybe they don't know maybe it's their first time listening to to you on this podcast uh but unfortunately you are a Lakers fan um and that's okay because i you know it's nothing i love talking about the lakers when they're you know in, in times like these so wow. you know, look, i mean it's i love bet i love talking about them i love betting on them i love the false sense of security and hope that everyone has in the preseason before they realize that their hopes and dreams are going to be dashed as Jesus. i make money betting against them so it's, it's a great it's a great time it's like you, my christmas you so, think we like the sacramento kings or something we did win a chip like two years ago dog like was it it wasn't that, it wasn't that long ago like was, well okay well so so then you tell me so you tell me then what what expectations do you have then since y'all just won a chip I two mean, years ago you tell me that was a different team they, they made mistakes. also ex- exactly exactly i don't even know why you brought that up <laughs> mistakes have been made. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why you uh, brought that up this one brought it up like y'all got the same team or something. You y'all, you tell me. Listen, listen, Jay, Jalen Ramsey, right? Like, all right, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have expectations. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have any illusions. Like, I, I did kind of like last year going into it. Like, I, I hated the Russell Westbrook trade at first, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe, 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 you know, maybe they can figure it out. And then he started playing. I was like, ah, oh, nah, never mind. They're gonna suck. 
and that's before like even before AD and LeBron started getting injured again and all that. But like I, I think they they're gonna be like a mid tier seed in the Western playoffs, like a four to six seed. Because I think oh you th- you think they can go up to a four or five seed? Yeah, I mean like because I just think at some point AD and LeBron have to stop getting hurt at the same time, right? I mean like could it really happen three years in a row? I guess it could, but like I don't know law of averages, whatever like whatever term you want to use. Like I think they're gonna probably be healthy this year. Hopefully, I mean, I guess, like, so let's say 60 games a piece. Let's say 60 games a piece. That's a modest ask for them to both be on the court for like two thirds of the fucking season. Like, we'll see. But I think if they, they're there for that long, like, I think they'll be good enough to be like a mid tier seed. And like, whether West, Westbrook struggles again or not, like, I think if you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the court, it's kind of hard to suck or like not be. Yeah. A I mean, you time. got some, you got, you got, you got Pat Bev alternative. Yeah, I guess like Dennis Schroeder now, but like I mean, point Kendrick guard Nunn, Kendrick Nunn's back. Kendrick Nunn making his debut. Yeah, point point guard doesn't really need to be a strength to like. You know, I mean, they 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 wanted finals with Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso as their point guards. Like, I don't I don't need to be a great answer there. I just need the the answer there not to be like actively harming the team by shooting one for fifteen and turning it over seven times and getting cooked on defense. Like it's just you don't have to be great. Just don't be bad. Like that was always a thing. Like I did I never really expected Russ to be like MVP Russ or anything. I just thought he'd be like a solid player, but like he was like actively bad last year. And you can't be a negative and like fuck up the spacing and have it all condensed on offense and also be getting cooked on defense. So like yeah, I think their the guard situation isn't great, obviously. Like I don't think it needs to be though. Um when you have that kind of front court talent. Is the biggest thing this season is, is like I said, is going to be AD and LeBron being healthy. I think if they are, they're good enough to be like a fourth or fifth seed. Like I still don't think they're going to like win anything, but it won't be as embarrassing as it was last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, last year was definitely was definitely bad. I mean, personally, I think that y'all are probably destined for the playing game. Uh, the I don't playing know game like seven seed. Yeah, like seven to ten for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can list out the teams if if you want that, that I think are better than the Lakers heading into the year. But I mean, we'll see. We got the the Nuggets. That's one. The Warriors. That's two. The Clippers. That's three. Again, all on paper. But you know, right now, I'll say the Clippers on the same same issues as the Lakers in terms of health. So maybe I'll put them in as a maybe. But even even last year, they had Paul George and Kawhi out, and they were still better than Lakers. So. Either way, uh, who, who else we got here? Memphis, that's four. Uh, I really like the Pelicans. Uh, that's that. Honestly, the Pelicans might have the best starting five in the league with the uh, best starting five in the league. They they might. They have they, like I don't know about their bench, you know. And again, we have to see if Zion's on the court. But I, I really like their their starting five with CJ McCollum, Ingram, Zion, Herb Jones, and then Valanciunas. It's like. They don't have like they have five good players. Like they have no weaknesses in any spot. Like they have five good players. I won't, I don't know if it's the best, but it's like maybe one of like four starting fives that I feel like you could say that about. Yeah, I mean, like I could see it, but like I'm gonna have to see it first. Like there's only like well, like, I mean I was, they, they made the playoffs last year. I mean, it's fine, but like that's you said best starting five in the league. That's a, that's a that's a leap. That's a leap from a, t- a sub 10 win team. I mean a sub uh, 500 team. I mean, you're like 10, 36 and 46 last year. Like, eh. Well, you know, uh, they, they added CJ McCollum late and Zion was hurt. But either way, maybe not the best, but it's one of the best. I would it's say one of the, the most West, balanced, I'll say. I would say there's like four teams in the West that are like, all right, the Lakers 
can't have a better record or probably won't like the Warriors, the Grizzlies. I still think this, even though they, I think the Suns, I think CP3 should be fine still. So yeah, I, I, Suns, I, didn't, I didn't even get to the, I didn't even get to the Suns. Yeah, I think the Suns and then the Nuggets, I think. Nuggets. I mean, that's a four. And then to say the, to say the Lakers, I mean, the Clippers to me are, are, are right there. Even if Kawhi isn't even on the team. Yeah, they're, just, they're super just, deep. Them, they're kind of, they're kind of similar to the Lakers just in the sense that like, I mean, they're starting, their big two just hasn't played basketball. And it's like until I see them play basketball. Same well, thing with the Lakers. Well, they're, like, they're three through like seven or, or not even close to Lakers. But cool. fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. But, but I, like, I, you still I'll, need, I'll, you still I'll need those guys. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put Dallas there. Uh, the Lakers as a regular season team. That's five. Uh, I'd probably put Minnesota there as a regular season team. I don't. I didn't like the Rudy Gobert trade, but I think I think they'll be good in the regular season. I don't think they're going to necessarily get super exposed or any like teams don't you know the jazz were always good with rudy gobert in the regular season like that you know what i mean like that's not a like he's a good like he's a good player like he's made all nba multiple times like he's he's effective he just gets exposed once this once it comes playoff time i think they'll be a good regular season team uh you know anthony edwards is getting better they also have a very solid starting five you know we'll see what their bench is like but i think i think the timberwolves will be a top six seed yeah, I just think we're just getting in the range where it's like, I feel like these teams are going to be separated by like one or two games. So it's like, yeah, they could be better, but like, it's, they're probably going to be like around the same is more so what I think. Like, I don't think that like if the Lakers are a five seed, that they're going to be like clearly the five seed. Like, it'd probably be like a game and a half or some shit like it usually is in the West. So like, I think there's like two or three teams that are at the top of the West, and then everybody else is going to be just kind of like jumbled together. All um, right. So then the, so the real question here is will the Lakers? Make it past the first of the playoffs, yes or no? It's so matchup dependent, but because they could, like, so I mean, really... in the first in the first round, which teams would you not want to play? The, the Warriors? Warriors, the Warriors. Um... Like, what matchups are you are dreading? I think the Warriors would be a bad one if, let's say, the Clippers are are healthy. Let's say Paul George and Kawhi are healthy and like end up being great. Like that would be one that's not a great matchup. Those are really only two, though. Those are really the only yeah, two. Yeah, so teams. that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, so you're fine. Man. Yeah, if they're, so, if they're, so, you know, if they're those, those should be in in a perfect world. Those are the top two seeds anyway. So if you're a four yeah. seed or a five seed, you're not playing them in round one regardless. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say Bron and AD are healthy. Yeah. Make the second round. They lose. They lose for sure in the second round. They're not getting past the second round. I'm pretty like confident, unless just some weird shit happens. Like I guess it's possible some weird. Shit. We've seen have some weird teams advance in the playoffs the last couple of years. But if the expected players are there in the second round, they're gonna lose in the second round. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I'll just say this about the Lakers. I, you know, it's just I mean, it's the same thing with the Cowboys. Granted, the Cowboys have actually won two two games now, so they're a little better. Uh, then you know they look their first game, but you know when you have that big of a fan base, the I mean, and I'm talking strictly from a betting standpoint. You know the Vegas is gonna is gonna boost those odds towards that team because they know people are gonna bet for them. So I'm just looking forward to betting against the Lakers, especially the first like month of the season. Because even if the do end up being good, uh, which is not out of the realm possibility, I do think that no matter what. It's going to take a little while with the first-year head coach with, I mean, outside of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, it's kind of a whole new team in a lot of ways in terms of the role players. Uh, so, I don't know. I think I think this will start off kind of slow. Yeah, I th- I, I'm not expecting Russell Westbrook to change 
I think he's gonna look like. He's well, he said he, he said he says the team first, and honestly, I think if he ever gonna change, now's the time because I think he realizes just how close he is to like being a like a mid like a minimum level signing player. Like if Russell if Russell Westbrook goes on the free agency class this year, like who like how much like he get would he have gotten more money than John Wall got for the Clippers, which was like the mid level exception of like six seven million dollars. Probably not. That, I mean, that's what I mean. I he realized that. I think he realized that. Yeah. Any team that said that they would trade for Westbrook was just gonna buy him or just stay home. Nobody actually went to trade for Westbrook for the player, just the contract and the draft picks. Like no one actually wanted him. And so w- whether he believes that to be true or not, like I think he at least understands that's the perception. So I think he'll actually try and be on his best behavior. Yeah, I mean he could. I don't, I don't. I just don't think he's good anymore. Like whether he's like mentally like, like it'd be great, of course, obviously, if he's like you know, like not doing as much wild shit. But I just I, I think he's he's like a reduced player physically. He's never been a shooter. Like he's not going to suddenly know how to shoot. And like if that explosiveness isn't there for him to get to the basket, like he usually does. And like, well, he's, he's just got to start playing different. Well, because well, I agree, if he plays the same way. Like he always has, like, yeah, like he is. He can adjust his game like most players do when they start getting older and setting pay more, start, you know, focusing more energy on defense because you know, on offense, you're not going to take as many shots. Then I think he could still contribute to a team. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Like, I just, uh, I don't, it's just hard. For, I, it's hard for me to like envision him not looking like less just because of like, it's just not a great fit for his game. And it's hard to envision his game changing because it never has. It's like AD and LeBron, they they live in the paint. Like LeBron can shoot, but like he's not like a floor spacer, I wouldn't say. And it's just like sliding into that lineup. It just it's it's so clunky. Like if they if he's like if if he is willing to accept the bench role, I think that would actually help him. I think he would play better coming off the bench just because he would have more opportunity to like run the show and not have to like he just doesn't feel like he fits on the court with them. Is it? I don't. I don't really know. Like, what what role is he going to? Because it's not like he's like Ben Simmons, six ten, and can like play in the dunker spot or something, or be like a, a big man, you know? So yeah, well, he did. He did in Houston at one point for a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I guess they could try to do that. It's just I don't know. It's it's hard to be optimistic about like his performance this year. But I don't. I don't think they necessarily need him to be like great or even like good to like be a mid-tier playoff team like you just can't be bad like if he can be like an average player which sounds weird to say about russell westbrook former mvp but like just be average that's cool that's probably good enough it's probably really all <laughs> you need for him but he just can't be active like he like being like these numbers sound fake but he's going like two for 15 <laughs> like turning the ball over and like not playing defense at all and like there's no reason for russell westbrook to be a bad defender like he's six four strong as hell he's still athletic like why can't you stay in front of somebody just not trying at that point right like so like if he's willing to give better effort on defense and just not like take wild shots and turn the ball over as much like he doesn't have to you know be 20 10 and 8 or what you know the normal respect stats we're used to just don't like hurt the team when you're on the floor which is basically what he did whenever he touched the court last year 
Yeah, no, I mean, that's 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 fair. I mean, I, you know, it's, I'm sure watching, I mean, look, I watched, but I wasn't necessarily rooting for him to be good. So I'm sure rooting for him over that, over last year, is, it, it uh, leaves, a, leaves a mark on you, leaves a stain on, on you. So I can, I understand the, the pessimism with him, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, any, any final thoughts on the Lakers or the NBA or I don't know, anything you missed? Yeah, I think as far as the Lakers go, like it's more so about like, I think it's almost a better train of thought to think like, is LeBron still going to be, how much longer is LeBron still going to be an elite player? Because like the Lakers realistically, they can't really compete for a title until Westbrook is off the team and next summer when they're able to like make some, some real roster changes and like reconfigure what's around LeBron and AD. And he's going to be what, 40 then? Right. Like well, yeah, 30, 39 going into 40, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 40. Like, I know he's like not aged. I think he's about that. Yeah, yeah, not yet. I mean, it's one day. I mean, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I don't know. They say the same thing about Tom Brady. He's at 45. So, I mean, it's not the same game, but I don't know. We'll see how long he can keep pushing it. People have been counting yeah. out Tom Brady. Yeah. And I guess on that team, like, if AD is healthy and they, they're able to get somebody significant, LeBron doesn't have to be like, he like, could be your third the guy. best player in the league you know what i mean like he can just yeah, be like right a cool, like 28 and 8 or some shit like that which is still really right. good it's just not lebron and you could win a championship with that it's kind of like old kareem when he was like still winning chips with magic you know and uh james worthy so like i think that's the better like thought process from a lakers perspective in terms of the nba like i think it's gonna be a good year i think the the east um, like I really like the depth out east. I think the east eastern playoffs is probably gonna be more entertaining than the western playoffs this year. Like you know, if if everybody's or most people are healthy and all that kind of all that kind of stuff, like, I th- I feel pretty comfortable saying like the Bucks are should be the favorite, and like I think Giannis is the best player alive, and I think the Bucks probably would have won again last year if if Middleton didn't get hurt, and so I think they're yeah, coming back I'm, being I'm healthy. That's the favorite for me. Yeah, I'm probably on board with that that favorite as well. At least for right now, I think if everything goes perfect, I think the best team on paper is the Clippers, but the most I'm reliable not, I'm not team I'm not is is Giannis. Yeah, yeah just... I say if everything goes perfect, I'm saying if everything goes perfect, like if we turn injuries off and we're just like, who has the most talent? Like the Clip- the Clippers have the most talent. Shout out to Jerry West, he he did it again because that they're they like if you look at a team from like one to ten, they're super deep. But especially if they're you know, and that's not even counting if John Wall's giving you like anything coming off his like mental whatever you know sort of problems that he had like he sounded like he's in a better place so that's kind of like the cherry on top of everything so but again i think the most reliable player the most reliable team and the safest team to pick is the bucks yeah yeah i agree like the because the thing with the clippers like even last time they were healthy 2020 we saw what they did so it's like well but the bucks at least have shown me well like, i mean not us i mean again look we we already talked about how the bubble, those are entirely different teams than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, that's fair. So, all right, my guy, good talking to you. Hopefully we can make this uh, weekly or bi-weekly or something like that. But I appreciate you coming on. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right, week four, consecutive weeks, and we're doing the pod. It's, it's a great time to be alive, fellas. How, y- how y'all doing? I'm feeling consistent today. Second week in a row we're doing the podcast. I, the word today is consistent. I like it. Hey, man, like I, feel, I woke up feeling dangerous. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's not, not quite consistent, but I feel it nonetheless. <laughs> I woke up feeling dangerous for these takes that I'm about to get off today. So we'll put it down. Right, a little more. Okay. I don't know if that's better or worse, but nonetheless, uh, we are to find here. out. Yeah, right. Uh, you, um, I know what I'm, if I had to guess, I, I anyways, uh, week three was crazy in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, the bills, how they lost running, you know, 90 plays, uh, yeah. You know, the Colts winning. Like, it was a lot of upsets, you know, from a betting standpoint. It was truly rough, you know, especially if you're laying heavy on the favorites. But before we get into that, I do want to get into the MVP conversation because it is a little early. But is it ever really too early? Nah, to me, no. To talk about MVP, not only for right now, but also a little projection as well based on what what, what we've seen through three weeks. Um Hey man, the stories get told in what November, right? I mean, so, I mean, that's true. We're but, a little early, you know, <laughs> but they but they start they start in September a lot of times as well. But nonetheless, it is a little early. I mean, these things just like you know the best team in the league or so on and so forth, they change week to week. The NFL is some to me. This has been the most week to week the NFL has been in a long time, and it's naturally like that. Uh, so Pope, you, you start start us start us off. Let me know. Who, if you had to pick, you know, three candidates for MVP. All right, so three far, candidates. So one thing I will say, I am happy to announce yeah, that it is not Herbert me, or Josh Allen. And also, if you give me a fucking offensive lineman, I'm going to keep, I'm gonna keep <laughs> you out of here. There is not a single offensive lineman that I would be saying today. Um, y'all know my story. I do hate that quarterbacks always get MVPs, but it's hard to deny my way early MVPs so far. Leading the list is Lamar Jackson. Um, there's not a lot that needs to be said. He's probably going to finish top 10 in passing and rushing yards in the entire NFL. Um, right now, his touchdown interception ratio is very exceptional. And he's putting the offense on his freaking back because the defense keeps blowing leads. Um, so I, Lamar is my number one. Are we all just – you want to just round robin it or just yeah, – I mean, not just, just, just give the three. Give the three. Okay. Second – I have Nick Chubb. Um, who knew with Jacoby Brissett that Nick Chubb is going to lead the league in rushing, right? Not only is he doing it, he's doing it in spectacular fashion. Um, again, Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback, so teams are paying attention and respecting Nick Chubb, but they can't do nothing with the boy. So Nick Chubb is my guy. And number three has got to be Jalen Hurts, similar to Lamar's story, even though Jalen Hurts has literally – He's probably the weakest link on his offense, meaning they are stacked in every other position on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but he's making the right throws and making the right reads, and the Eagles would be a top team in the NFC. Therefore, they will gift you a uh, MVP. I'll let you guys isn't, go, but I'll tell you who my real one was. Um, isn't that crazy that you can say he might be the least talented person on the offense, you know, at least of the offensive core? And then he's going to end up MVP. That's crazy to even think about, but that's how the NFL works. That's how cracked the trophy is, man. <laughs> that's, that's how the NFL works, I guess. Um, I'm going to start from three. I have, um, like you guys have already said, it's really too early. You know, every year by week five, we're thinking, oh, so-and-so is going to be MVP. They're the MVP front runner. And then by, you know, the middle of October, early November, all of that is just out of the window. But, um, mm-hmm. That's so basically just, Kyler Murray's entire career so far. Kyler Murray, uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson, <laughs> you know, that it, it's consistent. Uh, the Chargers so, meltdown that happens every single year. 
Exactly. You know, everybody said that they're uh, a little early this year, though. Justin Herbert was the second coming of Jesus. We'll see how that turns out. He is extremely talented, though. Nah, he's broken rib. I'll, I'll write him off yeah. this season, but yeah. Um, I'm going to start from three. It's a little unconventional, and it won't happen. But I like the way he's playing, and I I love defensive players. I always think that they deserve some sort of recognition. I'm going to say Michael Parsons. Uh, he had a really exceptional rookie year. I think. For three games into the year, he already has, like, maybe four or five sacks. Um, he is the heart and soul of the Cowboys' defense. Uh, their offense isn't really impressing me from what I've seen. I know they have Cooper Rush starting at quarterback, but, you know, they're going to they're gonna end up having to win games, um, you know, from their defense. And I, I like Michael Parsons. Uh, number two, I'm going to say – and this is just right now because I know – I don't think by the middle of the season I'll be saying this either, but I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. Uh, the team is 3-0. He, like Pope said, he's making the right reads. You know, he has Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown who are going for 100-plus each every game. Um, so it helps with that. But, you know, um, he's also doing it on the ground. He looks a lot better than he did in previous years. In his third year, it looks like he's making some great strides. And when he doesn't look better, his wide receivers are bailing him out, jumping over the top of people. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like I said, he has Devontae uh, Smith and um, A.J. Brown. But... He's got two ones, man, at wide receiver. And then he has Dallas Goddard. You know, he has a bunch of safety blankets, three serviceable running backs. He has a lot of good things going a for top him. top line. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of That's great what I say. He's the worst player on the offense, but <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it because he's still going to get buckets. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and then number one goes without saying, I'm a Ravens fan. Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on. I think he's an MVP candidate every year. He should be an MVP candidate every year. He is our offense. He is our team. Um, at this point, he's not even just the offense. He's the entire team. Um, three Lamar games Jackson, in, doing it with no running back. He's leading the league in touchdowns right now. Uh, leading the league in QB rating. Um, he's number four in rushing. Uh, it's you know he's going crazy. Ravens should be three zero, but defense. They should be three zero. Should be three zero. Yeah, should be should be three zero for sure. I like I said, I was on here. After I said the Ravens going to Super Bowl at the AFC. Sticking sticking to my story. Uh, in terms of the MVP, I think you know the first two are. are I mean, I know Pope had Chubb second, but I think you know Lamar hurts one two. Which either way you want to put it, it's kind of the unanimous start to the to that list. But I think. You know, this is a QB-driven award, and I feel like this does, you know, a little bias to my my third uh, selection here or my, you know, third-place winner so far. And that's, and that's got to be Trevor Lawrence. Like, the, I was really impressed with how he looked, really in all three games, but especially against the Chargers. I mean, he's getting better and better each week. Uh, and, I mean, to be honest, I, I, think, I, I think the Jaguars – were the most impressive team of week three. Like, I think if I had to just look at all the teams with no bias and I, and I had to point out which team was the best, I would have said Jacksonville, as crazy as it sounds. But they really dominated the game for four quarters. Like, had nothing. I mean, I mean the Chargers are cool. Not even trying to big up the Chargers. But when you dominate a team like that uh, for four quarters, that's impressive. And when you add in the context of how bad they were just last year, uh, I think a big reason of that is because – you know, Lawrence has gotten a lot better, a lot, you know, very quick. Like, a lot of that, shout-out to Doug Peterson, you know. Everybody say he's definitely been a confident coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure, which makes me just, like, 
make you know Urban Meyer just even that much more wild. <laughs> here's here's my right. here's my only criticism with so far uh, Sunshine, right? Which is your, week one was the Commanders, week two was the Colts, and then week three was Justin Herbert with broken ribs. So it's like I don't want to crown the Jaguars just yet, but they are impressive. But they, what did they put up? Like forty points, you know? Regardless, yeah, put up thirty-eight, of, thirty-eight to target. ten. Yeah. Thirty-eight, but, and then but that's when they just started handing the ball off because the Chargers couldn't do nothing. And then Nick Bosa, I mean Joey Bosa, sorry, he left with an injury. J.C. Jackson, I want to say he didn't even play in this game, did he? So it was like, it, it's a little early to crown the Jaguars, but I like where they're at. I'll put it that way. They look like a competent football team. They got the Eagles this week, so that'll be I'm looking, the test. I'm looking at, I'm looking That's at a Jaguars. Teams, in my opinion. I'm, I'm excited to see that game. That's going gonna, gonna to tell a lot of things for both the Eagles and the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. But the rest of the I mean, Jaguars schedule, it's cake. They have literally two, maybe three hard opponents the rest of the year. They have the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Ravens. Other than that, the rest of the schedule is cake, man. Yeah, it sounds like Jaguars to the playoffs. Correct. Easily. Easily. And if Jaguars, if Jaguars win 10 or 11 games, then by default, Trevor Lawrence got to be in that conversation with how he's – if he's playing the same way. Yeah. I mean, don't get me I wrong. I just don't like, think we'll have to stay. And that's the weapons the only are thing. cool. The weapons are cool, but when you're when you're out there balling with with Christian Kirk as your number one, that's that's showing me something. But well, the stats matter. Trevor, I was going to ask seven hundred and seventy two yards, and he has six touchdowns, the one pick. But like Josh Allen already has a thousand yards with nine. Okay, touchdowns Josh. Josh Allen just threw the ball. Six Josh got a thousand yards. yards. Like, oh my God. Josh Allen has a thousand <laughs> yards. Tua has nine hundred and twenty five. Jalen Hurts has nine sixteen. So like, it's not all stats. You got to keep up stats. with the stats, though. That's what I'm saying. You got to keep up, though. <laughs> They're not going to give you the MVP award and you're ranked number 20 <laughs> in the quarterback passing yard game. But I, I get it. I like the story. And before we move on, I just wanted to say, like, I kind of like, you know, I think the, the Jaguars receiving core is a little sneaky. You know, they don't have that guy, right? They don't have that super number one, that superstar at receiver, but they have a good core of receivers that, yeah. like, if they could spread the ball around. Easy. I think that makes them dangerous because yeah. they don't really have an alpha. It's really just like, hey, all of our guys can run the exact same exactly. route. You don't know who we're going to throw it to. So that makes the entire offense dangerous. Yeah, I yeah it doesn't telegraph that. anything. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, I ha- this is not an MVP. Don't crucify me for this, but just to watch it, watch out for this one. But this is a guy that I've just his team sucks, so he's not going to get mentioned at all with any of these things. But. I, for like defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, whatever you want to call it, Sauce Gardner is amazing. Yeah, like, he's looking like it's, he's. It's good. not going to, but like Sauce Gardner is freaking incredible, and it's ridiculous. So far on the year, he's had as a rookie twelve targets and only allowed seven catches for less than forty yards. And he's going against Rashad Bateman, Amari Cooper, and lately Jamar Chase and T Higgins. He's traveling. He's going against Mark, Mark Andrews too. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, like sauce is sauce is nasty, man. I know it won't translate because the Jets suck, but like, it's, I, hey, man, watch out for that kid. That's a future MVP. I'll put it that way. I'll mm. book it way too early, right? Way too early. 2023 MVP, Sauce Gardner. Mm. I like See, that, you, just, I you, so. just, you just couldn't help yourself. From I had to. I had to. <laughs> just couldn't, just couldn't <laughs> help yourself. I had to. I, hey, I would have put him on my list this year if the Jets could win freaking six games. I mean, hey, I said Michael Parsons, but I just want to see a non-quarterback win, honestly. So. That's my only mission. But, I mean, unless it's Lamar, then, then he has to 
Then I got to see that. That's a, yeah. na- nasty, that's a very nasty agenda by both of you. Uh, <laughs> very nasty agenda pushing here. But speaking, you know, you, you mentioned the Jets, and this kind of goes into the next topic I wanted to touch on real quick before we get into our locks and picks, um, upsets and whatnot. Uh, you know, which coach is on the hot seat? I think through three weeks, yes, again, things are early, but that doesn't mean that people aren't panicking. That doesn't mean that people aren't on the hot seat already through three weeks, especially if last year you didn't do do hot as well. You brought up the Jets, and so that made me think of Robert Sala as a candidate. Uh, you know, before last week, I probably would have put Frank Reich number one on that list, and honestly, he's still probably in that top three. Uh, but if I had to pick – and honestly, if I had to pick a coach, it it, it, it might be – I want to say Frank Reich, but he – I'm struggling between Frank Reich and Cliff Kingsbury. What 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 are y'all where are y'all standing on that? Let me start. Let me tell you. So as Pope knows, I make it a habit each um season. I like to follow bad teams, right? I like to see the fandom during the year. I like to see how they're reacting to how terrible they are. Um, my pick for the coach that's that has the hottest seat right now is Matt Rule. Um, I think prior to winning on Sunday, the Panthers had lost line, nine in a row. There's a stat out there that he is zero and twenty-five if the opponent scores seventeen points or more. Oh, I mean, he looks clueless out there. I mean, I know he hasn't had the greatest array of quarterbacks to choose from, but I mean, he—they're not scheming up anything. The team doesn't have any. They look defeated, you know, before the game even starts. I don't think he's losing the locker room. Um, my pick is Matt Rule. I have a second pick. I'm interested to see if you guys pick him, but. Oh, fam, I got yeah. three picks that I know are going to be gone. <laughs> that was not who I thought you were going to take, Tari. That's not who I thought you were going to take. Hey, Matt that Rule, is, is, college teams are already one. sniffing around Matt Rule and Urban Meyer. So they want him back in college already. And a part of me feels like Matt Rule wants to be fired so he can go back to college and collect his check. Because if he quits, he can't collect his check. So, Yo, he is 0-25. The opponent scores 17 points. That's not even a crazy – 17 <laughs> that's hey, two touchdowns that's in a field goal, bro. Like that's actually that's actually pretty wild. Yeah. You can get seventeen in the first quarter, bro. Hey, there was a there was a tweet I saw this week that was like Joe Flacco better stop playing so well for he end up the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers next year. <laughs> you know they love backups. All right, so Matt, I have three coaches that I know are going to get fired and one before the season's even over. Um, Matt Rule was definitely one of them. Um, he's a short timer there. I hate to say the next two, but my uh, number two pick, because I ranked them, number two is Lovey Smith. Um, I think the Houston Texans are terrible, and they are building their talent. But this year was clearly a tank year. Get the picks for Deshaun Watson, and then we're just going to hire in-house after we were the worst team last year, a coach that's a lame duck and going to be the worst team this year. Um, I believe the Texans are, what, 0-1-1 right now? And that was the easier. 0-2-1-1. <laughs> that's even worse so yeah um lovey smith he's going to be fired at the end of the year they just want to cons- ensure they tank so they'll keep him around the coach i think number one hottest of the seat of them all and he'll be gone before the season's probably over is going to be mike mccarthy for the dallas cowboys wow oh, wow. i think i think mike mccarthy's going to be gone they're going to promote kellen moore to see if he's got the chops in him um kind of like they did with uh like the Gruden and Rich Passaccia last year, uh, even though Gruden got, you know, fired but that by the Goodell and them. But I think Mike McCarthy is under the biggest microscope there is. And right now, 
the person who's been flirting with Dallas for like the last, I don't know, five years to be their head coach has recently retired. And that's Sean Payton. And he's recently back in the news saying for the right opportunity, I'll come back and coach for the right opportunity. I'll come back and coach. We know Jerry Jones loves him. We know he wants to be in Dallas. Mike McCarthy has to basically win the NFC East to keep that job. And it's not happening. The Sean Payton angle, the Sean Payton angle definitely, definitely got some legs. Yeah, I'm gossip king over here. So, you know, that rules, <laughs> that rules that one for me. But yeah, I, and I just don't like Mike McCarthy, period. Uh, <laughs> they're going to blame the starting Zeke over Tony Pollard on him. They're going to blame the Amari Cooper trade on him. It, it, he's just setting up for him to be the perfect fall guy for Jerry Jones and company. It sounds about right. I mean, I don't disagree. I'm surprised no one said Ron Rivera. No. Snyder would never. Not this year. I don't know. They're, they're, don't they're turning, so. they're turning you know, it down, but that's... But yeah, that's I text my friend. a press conference literally saying, like, I could... Like, I jumped for joy when the Panthers fired Ron Rivera. Like, Ron is actually the only good thing in the commander's, like, organization, like, from the front office, so to speak. Like, the players love him. He's visiting players while they're in the hospitals. Like, uh, Ron's a stand-up guy, man. It's hard to fire him. That's crazy. Stand-up guy. That sounds like John Harbaugh. He's a stand-up <laughs> guy. Like, sometimes that's, sometimes yeah, that's not enough. Just good. He's overcame <laughs> cancer. Like, come on. You can't try Ron Rivera. <laughs> um, I didn't. Ron is a good one. I hadn't even thought about him, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, the the team in Washington is just such a dumpster fire every year. I don't know. I think they're just content with being just mid, you know, so I don't know. And they gave Carson Wentz a, a, like, a long-term extension. So, like, why would you bring a new coach into the situation? No, you just let him and Ron sit there, and if they lose, they lose. It's fine. The Daniel Snyder is being about to get uh, voted out of being an owner in general, so he probably wants to just keep stability there. Um, And there's other candidates that are way worse. Like, let's say Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. We talked about that last week. They literally just hired somebody for game situations. Like, what in the – are you an adult and a head coach in the NFL? Like, how does that work? You hire somebody to handle all game decisions so you can just focus on calling plays. And play calling. That are not working. They're not working. (laughs) We saw the 49ers in the Broncos game. Like, they're they're not working. Yeah, the Broncos offense is ugly. It stinks, man. It's terrible. It's just a great finesse. You just hire someone to do everything, and so now you just get paid more to be an offensive coordinator. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is a finesse. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So if and Russell Wilson had he's the big dog, right? He's the big fish. He got the huge contract extension. So at the end of the year, if the Broncos aren't where they thought they were going to be, it's going to be the coach taking the fall, right? They're not going to bring back the same coach and the the Russell sucks. They're going to be like, oh, we need a new coach, new philosophy. Find yeah. someone else under Sean McVay and hire him. Off one year? Why not? If Nathaniel Hackett is already hiring a game situation guy, and by week four, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, I don't this know. This isn't if he gets like fired. Andy Reid hiring a timeout guy. This is literally somebody saying, "I don't know to go for it on fourth and one." Like, I don't know to, to call a timeout to kick a sixty-yard field goal or let Russell Wilson get me two yards. Like, I don't know, I don't, man. I don't think he gets fired by the end of the season if they don't um, look better. I mean, because they're two and one right now, not the worst record. I mean, the office is ugly, and yes, he's a play caller. Um, but if they still look the same by the end of the season, I don't think he gets fired only because it's his first year. But if they start off slow next year, 
Um, then yeah, he's definitely out of there Man. by like week four. Um, and my second pick was also uh, well, he's not a technically a first year coach, but this is his first year with the team, and that was uh, Josh McDaniels. The Raiders are zero and three after trading for Devontae Adams. Um, they they're Already not looking too good. Door meeting. Already having show. closed door with Mark Davis. Already having closed door meetings after games. It's not looking too good, and we all remember um, his last stint as a head coach. So we'll see. Yeah, no, no, we'll definitely see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I feel like again because there's so much parity, like, and everyone can kind of look at, you know, weaknesses and bad things. It's it's gonna be a lot of a lot of movement. But uh, let's get to these locks. You know, that's 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 what the people are really here for. The, the folks want to make some money off their locks. So let's hope, let's hope them. So we're gonna start with the favorites. Uh, Kari, do, do the honors of going first. Favor for the week. So this is actually a weird week. Um, a lot of really tight matchups. I didn't really know who exactly I wanted to go for initially, but um, my lock is going to be, and it's kind of out there, not really, but kind of, um, but 49ers are favored to win by two and a half over the Rams, and they're at home um, Monday night. I'm going with the 49ers. Jimmy G did look terrible last game, but it's his first game. Um, he didn't have any – he wasn't participating in training camp. Uh, they weren't even showing him the playbook and everything. I think with a week of preparation, they can get it together. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan is pretty good at going against the Rams uh, for the we most part. Last year. Yeah, so they're at home. It's on a primetime game. Uh, I'm going with 49ers. That's not bad. Um, Two and a half I did points. want to take the Rams as my upset, but I didn't. But um, all right, so I'll go on my first lock. Like Kyrie said, it's super tight. I think there's only one spread that's more than a touchdown. Um, my lock of the week is the Detroit Lions against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I love that one. And it keeps and it keeps going down and down. Yeah, I I mean, I know that DeAndre Swift is going to be out, but Jamal Williams, more than capable back. He's not DeAndre Swift. Don't get that twisted. But against Seattle, I think this Lions offense is just going to outscore them, honestly, and then tell Geno to keep up, and he's not going to be able to. So, Well, well I know Amon Ross St. Brown is questionable. I think that's also he is. something. He's dealing with a, a bum ankle. Um, but I just, I just like the odds against Geno Smith, to be honest. Yeah. And Seattle could surprise us, right? But – I, I think the Lions lost two games that were very hard-fought games, and they played against two very good opponents. And, and they're putting up points. And they Seattle's really not are. that, right? So I'm going to take uh, – I'll take Detroit at home in front of their crowd to get there, um, get that W. Jeez, tickets <laughs> as low as $52. This is the most tickets available of any game on uh, this week. <laughs> No one see that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the site I'm looking at says uh by a landslide they have over nine thousand tickets available. Sheesh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Second closest is the Rams Niners game at twenty five hundred, just for perspective. <laughs> All right, I had I had two games I was really mulling over. Uh, I'll say the the London game. I was really liking the Vikings at two and a half. Yeah. Uh, I think I love you know I love Kirk Cousins just like away in the corner somewhere that no one's watching him. He'll throw like four touchdowns because no one's really paying attention. Is it technically prime time because it's nine thirty in the morning? Like, is it technically? No, I don't. I don't. Time? I don't think it. It's on NFL Network. I don't think it can be considered prime time. But uh, for him in London, it's what nighttime, right? 
I mean, no, it's no, it's only like it's nine thirty a.m. here, so it's only like two p.m. or three p.m. over there, okay, like afternoon. Good. Like it's only okay, like yeah. five. It's only like five six hours difference. So it'll be like two three p.m. over there. It's perfect. The, the last time he played in London in twenty sixteen, he threw for like four hundred yards uh, when, he was, when he was a a former Redskin. Uh, so I do like that one. I'll probably will be betting on that regardless. But that is my runner up, my lock. Uh, and very weird to say because this is not a team that I necessarily liked, but. The Cowboys minus three against the Commanders at home. I'm feeling really good about that. I'm feeling really good about Micah Parsons running around chasing Carson Wentz against the Commanders offensive line. Dak might I'm, be back. I'm, I'm feeling – I mean, honestly, if Dak's back or not, I don't think he'll be back. If he is back, I don't think that will make me any more or less confident, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, they're a team that right now – honestly, they're a team that's, you know, built – kind of similar to a lot of teams that aren't that don't have great quarterbacks that are defense and run first kind of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think I just, you know, and it's kind of a, a fade against the commanders, uh, mainly a fade against Carson Wentz against a team that can give put pressure. Right. Uh, and so that's really my, my biggest, and, you know, just a good defense overall. Like I, you know, that uh, Trayvon Diggs pick, I, I can see happening if he's feeling it from both Lawrence and Mike Parsons and a he's got to step over. up and, and so on and so forth. Like Wentz is, Wentz is probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the league when it comes to pocket awareness and handling pressure. And I don't, I don't think there's any offensive line in the league that can handle Michael Parsons, let alone an average at best All commander's Wentz, offensive line. Wentz just has to stick to the game plan, which he refuses to do because the commanders <laughs> well, yeah, want to do nothing but screens and quick passes. So Wentz doesn't feel pressure. And Wentz is like, nah, player, I need this 50-yard bomb to Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson. And- but conversely, that's kind of that what's that's what scares me against Betty against that. It's Carson throwing those 50-yard bombs. I say it, I said it once, I'll say it again. He is the most entertaining quarterback in the league. You don't know if he's Electrified. throwing a touchdown or a pick. And it, I think he took a matter from Wentz. He can man. light it up if he wants. You know, you never know. It's a divisional game. I, I don't know what Carson. I never know what to. What to think of him? I, I say this all the time. Jameis Winston and Carson Wentz are must see TV because you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, every like, drop back, no idea. You never know, man. He's getting chased around by Michael Parsons, make some stupid throw. Or oh, Tank. Man. Tank Lawrence has actually been playing well too. So. Yeah, he has. He was kind of going like, crazy last night too. Yeah, in that ugly game. But so I li- I like that. But I do like I do like that. That's ballsy um, to take the Cowboys. But I don't I don't hate it. Yeah, I got to take that. Got to rock with the home team. All right, Kyrie, let's hear your upset. My upset. I had a few that uh, I was going to go with, but I am honestly feeling. Uh, I'm thinking the Broncos beat the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders Ooh. are favored by two points. Um, they're at home in Vegas. I know. A lot of people don't see them going. I know. That's crazy. I know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I know a lot of people don't think that they'll go 0-4. I know that's kind of a crazy thing to think that they will go 0-4. But um, the Raiders, they just don't have them for me. I don't think the Broncos' offense is going to look as ugly as it has been the last three weeks. I think at some point, um, either someone in the organization or Russell Wilson is going to have to (laughs) put their foot down and 
They just have to hand the ball off, man. The Broncos have two really good running backs. Just let them run. I mean, they have a lot of talent everywhere between Jerry Judy, uh, Corlin Sutton, Javante. Stop the moonshots, man. Stop the Hail Marys. Just give play boring football. You'll win. Yeah, but um, I'm going with the Broncos to upset the Raiders. I like it. Um, I was between that one and the one that I'm going to pick. I did like the Dolphins getting the upset, but Tua reminded me last week that he's always one hit away from IR. So I went with the Cardinals over the Carolina Panthers. Um, The Cardinals look like trash for one half and then come back the second half. So really, they just need to put four quarters together. Um, I did like Cliff Kingsbury getting called out by reporters this week, asking why he keeps having his five foot seven wide receivers blocking on screens and to stop calling them basically when you don't have any receivers that can block and uh, Cliff Kingsbury didn't take that well. He got a little tight, but um, I'll take the Cardinals and this is purely, I want Kyler Murray over Baker Mayfield. So I'll just, I'll just have to rely on the quarterback battle on this one. Baker's another one of those quarterbacks, man, where he's going to have one of those games. It's not going to be every week, but, you know, that game was coming at some point where it's he's like, gonna oh, wow. He's going to sail it to Baker. I just know it. He's <laughs> going to sail it. He's going to be looking at DJ Moore, staring him down, and sail it right over his head to the safety. <laughs> That's my <laughs> play I'm calling. <laughs> All right. Well, again, this is a tough week. Like you said, a lot of even matchups. So, really, with both picks, we're kind of, kind of 50-50 toss-up situations. A lot of games – within a field goal or less. Uh, so I'm going to go with, again, with another home team. I'm sticking with the home teams this week. Primetime game. Um, going with the Bucks at home, getting all their receivers back. Uh, the defense has continued to be stout. And, I look, I'm not – I don't want to overreact too much from the Chiefs because I, I think they're really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that game, I watched, obviously, most of that game against the Colts, and a lot of things went wrong for them to lose that game in terms of mixing missing kicks and and just random just random things you know uh you know they got a muffed punt and you know that's how the Colts scored first like so I'm not expecting that to happen again but at the same time I'm worried they don't they don't really have a kicker right now that actually kind of matters I don't think that that really gets accounted for enough yeah, that they just signed a new guy ju- today the well, yeah, they're just gonna have to keep signing guys off the street until no. until their main guys healthy again. Like they're just getting yeah. random guys off the street, hoping that they can, you know, they they don't even trust guys to make a to make anything over like forty yards. Like, and you can tell with how they call plays, uh, you know. So I think that in a, in a close game like this, I think that could matter. Um, you know, I think the the Bucks again, even though they they only scored twelve points, they lost, but they you know to be down your top two three receivers. Uh, have you Russell Gage being number one? Like they didn't, they didn't look bad. Uh, I think Fournette will run a little bit better on them compared to the Packers, uh, the Chiefs. That is. So I'm gonna go with the home sure. team. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Uh, I think it's a bad matchup right now for the Chiefs. Still trying to figure out how to how to create that consistent wide receiver separation without Tyreek. You know, like Juju is. He had that one big play, but he's not been as good as I thought he would be. Yeah, you know, Mahomes arguing with the enemy going into halftime. Yeah, it's just like it's a it's a little it's a little more transition than I think all uh, all of us assumed uh, that will happen. Not to say that it's a lot of transition, but still more transition than I think we all expected. They're still finding their identity without. Yeah, Tyree. exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think, and I don't think that Bucks defense is is one just, where you need to be finding an identity. You better have one because that defense is serious. Who's guarding Mike Evans? I mean, who's 
they're saying Chris Godwin might be there. I mean, Julio. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Chris Godwin's not, like, not going to be there. It's <laughs> Julio with a partially torn PCL. <laughs> Mike Evans and newly signed Cole Beasley is probably going to be your top three up. Uh, well, Russell Gage better than Cole Beasley. But, yeah, no, I, I feel that. But for what Tom Brady wants to do, because our offensive line is trash, so they're doing a lot of quicker routes with Cole. And I mean, I just, look, I just saw Russell Gage get 14 targets. Yeah, I know. I know it was nasty. Which, and, it, and, and I mean, it, it was, was nasty, nasty, but it was effective. It was still effective. He got he put up about twelve of those catches out of the fourteen targets for over hundred yards. So you know they couldn't get into the end zone. They're figuring some things out as well. But I think they're further along and a little and bit more problem. cohesive. My than problem the, is the, with Tampa, the scoring part. There, Tom Brady is sputtering so bad right now I mean, when it comes look, to look, scoring. Look, I just saw Matt Ryan win, and he had worse problems. So you know, I think this could be a similarly played out game in terms of. I mean, right now, the the sample size is, you know, the Chiefs and Mahomes have faced Brady and the Bucks twice with Todd Bowles calling the defense. And one time Tyreek Hill had almost three touchdowns by halftime. And then the second time was the Super Bowl where they pressured, you know, Mahomes nonstop and he only got nine points or something like that so and I, I hear that and i and look and and last week all i heard was how you know mahomes lit up gus bradley's defense you know the former former yep. defensive coordinator um for other teams that he's zones on. work and, the, <laughs> and they, they worked way. hey gus bradley looked like a yeah. genius yesterday against the <laughs> zones work. but they gotta they gotta get pressure so that was my um my biggest key to that game is just the trenches man tampa's dealing if donovan smith is back tampa's left tackle then i like the bucks on that matchup but if he's not there and we're still on our third string left tackle tom brady is ducking the second anybody breaks through that front line so i mean that's fair but look the packers defense a lot more serious than the chiefs uh from very, top to bottom. Very much so. And so I'm, I'm looking at it very, yeah. very much matchup dependent here. I think if you ask me this in three months or two months, I think the Chiefs will kind of be in the more swing of things. But I think they're, you know, kind of, like I said, in that transition, you know, they, week one they played the Cardinals, sure. and that turned out to be, you know, not as competitive in terms of competition that we thought. Um, yeah, it's early. 18 game. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah, well, it's a long season. season. 18 weeks. So yep. a lot of teams, they're not blowing their load early. Right. And then week two, you could argue, I mean, again, the Chargers not as great as we thought. And the Chiefs were very close and probably should have lost that game. Um, and definitely a 50-50 game against a team yeah, that, that game is was not a lot that closer great than I thought it, I thought it exactly. should have Yeah, exactly. And so then you lose to the Colts. And now I think the Bucks are the best team they've played so far out of those four, four teams or the other three teams. So I'm a, I'm a little worried that they're just catching the Bucks at the wrong time on the road. So. So that that's my pick. Here's my only thing about the Chiefs and the Bucks game is they just postponed Bruce Arians' Ring of Honor that was supposed to happen at halftime of this game because of the hurricane coming in. So Tampa's practicing in Miami right now, and the rumor is the game is going to be moved to Minnesota. Um, they haven't fully confirmed that, and we should know more, I believe, by Friday. But right now, the game has a high likelihood of being moved to Minnesota. So Closer to Kansas City could be another home game for the Chiefs. Mm. Yeah, damn, man, I didn't even I didn't even know that or consider that when I made my pick. I mean, my pick's been made. I don't I don't even know if I have a better pick on the table to quickly, <laughs> quickly adjust. I might just have to ride it out in neutral and side. indoor. So it, if it's at Minnesota, it'll be indoor, which will be better for a brand new kicker to not have to face elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's that's valid. I mean, a lot of that stuff, honestly, is mental, I feel like, when kickers miss. But, 
that's definitely true. I mean, I'm looking, I'm just like scouring to see if there's any <laughs> other game I liked because now I don't love that. I mean, I think the most obvious one here is the Ravens. I think the Ravens have a real chance to win at home. Uh, they have a real chance, you know. Yeah, Josh but Allen was deflated last week. Like, right. I mean, deflated. They I mean, look, that. man, he, he threw for 62 attempts and then ran for 10 times. Like, he had, like, he was doing, he had him out there, had him out there doing everything. So to only put up 19 points was was interesting. Uh, but and they have a deflated team. secondary. I think Lamar can definitely take advantage of that. So it was probably going to end up being a shootout. I, yeah. I want to – hey, we talked about Lamar and Lamar's contract. One of the big things that they people want to see him checked off is winning these big games against the big names in the NFL because that's what you got to do in the playoffs. So I think this will be a playoff atmosphere game, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be playoff atmosphere. For sure. And I want to see Lamar get one of these, man. I'm tired of tired of having to argue with people in our group chat that you know about Lamar and his big games. Yeah, honestly, I don't even – I don't entertain people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you, know who, you know who I'm talking about. But. Oh, we both know. We're well aware. Um, <laughs> Rodney, I mean, the, the dolphins Bengals spread, technically the Bengals are favored. If you want to take that, that's Thursday night. I definitely do not want to take the Dolphins as, my, as an upset pick. I'm going to just ride with my, I'm gonna just ride with my first pick. Hey, man, right, I, tr- I trust it. I'm not taking the Dolphins. I mean, I, I flirted with the Ravens a little bit, but I'm going I'm to stick with the Bucks. Hey, I don't mind it, man. I don't mind. I'm not it. mad at it. I would have picked the Ravens, but I can't bet against my own team. So, you know, I just want to bring them up. Let's not talk about the Ravens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Until after they win the Bills, they yeah. come in next week. Lit. <laughs> I, I can feel OC it. lit. Hell yeah! <laughs> in due time. Hey man. Well, shoot. I think that's a wrap for the week, fellas. Yes, sir. Yep. Good talking to y'all. Appreciate y'all. We'll keep this momentum going to next week. Uh, and yeah, until then. <laughs>